welcome to PJ Live, the podcast. Our mission is simple. We want to spend time talking to interesting people about interesting topics. This podcast is not just for PJ members, it's for anybody who is interested in the game of golf. Without further ado, here's today's episode. Hello and welcome to this very special PJ Live, the podcast episode with PJ member Stuart Morgan, who is coach to 2020 Ryder Cup rookie Bernd Viesberger. We caught up with Stuart ahead of him flying out to Whiston Straits for this week's matches. We speak to him about his career, working with one of the stars on the European Tour, and what his role will be in supporting Wiesberger on his Ryder Cup debut. Well, Stuart, thank, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Um, I hope you're well. I'm very well, yeah. Thanks for um, having me on and, um, yeah, for, in, in preparation for this exciting week ahead. Indeed, indeed. Just just very quickly, Stuart, would you mind just giving a, a very brief uh, background into your career, perhaps, uh, as a coach and, and why you decided to sort of go down that elite coaching um, route? Yeah, so um, I started out just like anybody else. I mean, you know, did my PGA training um, at or finished it at Monmouthshire Golf Club in, in South Wales um, under Brian Edwards and then decided that I wanted to kind of move away from Wales. Um, and well, actually during that time I was in Wales, I got, Brian used to work with Keith Williams, who was then, I think he's either then the national coach for England or he had been the national coach. I can't quite remember. And when he used to kind of come in he into the shop and whatnot, Brian might be out teaching and we just used to chat a little bit and, you know, he dropped me in, like there's a lot of videos on kind of teaching and, and stuff like that. And um, that's really kind of probably what got me. And, my, and Brian was a pretty well-respected coach in that area in, in South Wales, you know, absolutely flat out every day. So I think it's part of the environment really that I went down that route rather than going down, you know, your traditional club pros kind of route. But I then decided that I wanted to move away from Wales and went to work at Silvermere and in, uh, in Surrey and down there just kind of got in contact with, you know, higher level coaches. And really I was, I think I was a year into that and somebody put my name forward to go and work for David Ledbetter and that really just came down to my, I think down to my curiosity about coaching and, um, and technique really at that particular time. Um, and then went to work for David Ledbetter at the academies, um, kind of came full circle and back in Austria where I kind of started working with him and actually struck up quite a good relationship with Led um, when I was actually part of the academies and used to stand on the tee with him, watching with a few of his clients. So, you know, around that time, you know, around 24, 25 years of age, I'd already kind of amalgamated into kind of coaching some players on tour and, and things like that. So it was a bit of a baptism of fire. And, and since then, you know, I'm 44 now. That's really what I've been doing. I've been involved in, you know, elite and, and went through a period of kind of working with elite juniors as well and, and kind of finding out a little bit about that pathway and, and stuff like that. Um, that, you know, as part of that journey, I ended up in the States for a couple of years working at a junior academy. And but I was really kind of got involved more in the practice stuff, to be honest, and the performance element of, of coaching. And, and the reason what the reason for that was um, 
during like my my early days kind of coaching on tour i i felt that was a couple of clients that the technique looked like it was improving um at certain times but their performance wasn't improving so and then all of a sudden it started to kind of go the other way and and i'm kind of like oh hang on a minute this this isn't kind of how i kind of anticipated it would be so it was really then me being inquisitive and just finding out look there has to be more to it than this and that's how i started getting into the more the performance more the practice um components of um of kind of skill acquisition and, and how we train and things like that so yeah and now you know primarily i work part-time as a performance director for swiss golf for, for a certain amount of days of the year i'm helping some players transition from um uh from am elite amateur golf into professional uh realms and also working with players out on the european tour and pj tour so yeah. and how did your relationship come about with um with burnt feesberg how did that how did that come about so i'd, I'd known burnt for um since he was 15. So I'd actually, the area I went to actually originally to work for lead, I, um, he was, he's from this, re this region. I actually live here now. So I'd kind of bumped into him a lot, you know, a, a number of tour stops. And even when I was over in the States, I went to the players championship to kind of catch up with him and, and whatnot. And when I came back, when I left the States and came to Austria, um, Obviously, I know his world and, and whatnot, and we just ended up kind of chatting, really, and kind of chatting about like practice and whatnot. And, and what it came down to, he was a little bit, I guess, bored with the type of practice that he was doing. You know, he'd had a already had a really good career up until that point. Um, so, but he wanted a few more kind of challenges and, and whatnot. And then we started kind of like dipping our toe into into that based on you know what he wanted to achieve. And then he got injured. So he injured his wrist and was out for, I believe, uh, seven or eight months. Um, so kind of like helping him get through that, that process as well. And then when we came back from that, um, it was really, well, what do we need to do different? And, you know, we actually reduced the volume of what he did, but increased the importance of every shot that he hit. So every, every kind of, shot had much more of a kind of a context to it or a challenge to it. And what that helped him do was it helped him practice, get more out of the time that he was practicing, but also have more time for recovery as well. Um, and because you're, you know, you're, you're challenging not just the physical, but also the, the non-physical as well. And it's just that it's not easy for us to kind of switch behaviors kind of on and off and, and so on and so forth. You know, what is your role in preparing him for, for, for next week is it is it different i suppose you've got to treat it different to most events because it is different isn't it yeah i think from like seeing um potentially what the you know what's going to happen next week and you know i don't think there's going to be that much time to really like train or practice and whatnot so we have to be a little bit adaptable to that and like i said i think for me there, it's just there as a when he's called up to play to help him be ready to play, you know, and, and knowing what's um, how to how to kind of help him gravitate towards that 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 optimum self for him to to go out and perform. To be honest, but 
you know, we, we already started to prepare a little bit, um, you know, watching old videos and things like that of the Ryder Cup, first tee um, of Amer in America and, and just talking about that, just talking about scenarios, talking about, you know, what, you know, just, just uh, you know, I'm a big believer in you can start to do visualization stuff but and, and elevate the kind of the intensity of what you think it can be to actually prepare a little bit towards that i don't i'm not sure you'd be able to do it fully but um even if you kind of go a little bit of a way towards that and then um we're going to meet up tomorrow um probably just do a little bit of um, pressure practice on certain areas um, keep the volume you know exceptionally low um so we can get a lot of rest in to be honest i mean that's the the fundamental key for for this week enough sleep and enough rest are you working on any sort of particular areas of his game at this point, or is it more about getting the mindset right? Um, no, it's more to do with like we have a philosophy that we kind of work towards based on you know his strengths. I'm not a huge, I'm not always a massive fan of saying you know you always have to tackle their weaknesses. I think there's a time and a place for that, but we have a philosophy. Um, you know, based on the data, he's a fantastic iron player, one of the best iron players in the world. So. Um, we look at that and say, you know, you can be a streaky putter, and that's some some people are. Um, so it's like, well, we've got to we've got to give you chances. You know, that's that's the big thing. And if you have a good putting week, then you go close. You'll probably go close to winning. And if you have an average putting week, you're still going to be kind of there or thereabouts um, if your strengths are um, are in a line. So we basically just kind of check up on those, check up on the the striking, the flights that he wants that he wants to hit and the wind, the flight windows that he wants to hit and really just kind of keep him checking over and yeah, just try and keep him relaxed to be quite honest. I presume this is your, I think this is your first Ryder Cup. Yeah, um, it's my first Ryder Cup. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, firstly, how, how much are you looking forward to, to this experience? Cause I presume this is the pinnacle for, for, for coach. Uh, yeah, I think, I think so. I don't, I don't, I mean, I'm so excited. I mean, it's like a, you know, from watching it as a kid and whatnot and seeing, you know, what it, what it is, just the, you know, the opportunity to go there and, and experience it is, uh, yeah, I mean, I absolutely can't wait. And I've, again, from my standpoint, from a coaching standpoint, I've already been on the phone to, to Phil Kenyon and Hugh Ma yesterday, just asking them about, you know, what it's like, just, you know, just to help me, to, to be honest. Um, and they've all just said, yeah, it's the it's the greatest week ever, you know. <laughs> Whether they, they both said that actually the win in in uh, in France was the pinnacle of of both of their careers. So um, yeah, I'm just excited to go and be the small part of it and and support Bent, you know, to to get the most out of it. To be honest, because again, it's a it's a goal, isn't it? That he wanted to to achieve that and. Uh, I think it's also important to kind of appreciate and just, you know, celebrate, you know, what, what you've done and, and go there as a team and, and uh, yeah, see what comes of it, to be honest. I was going to ask if you were going to sort of lean on any fellow PGA members for any advice and support. What about when you're at the event? Do you, do you think you might, you know, mingle with them? And Yeah, well, all, well all, the co all the coaches are going to be, um, or support staff are going to be staying together. So, um it's funny, like I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I have some, some good acquaintances over the other side as well. I actually, have players playing on the US team, so 
you know, I think it'll be nice just to kind of even just get together at some point and just, you know, chat golf, to be honest, and see and share, share ideas and, and things like that. I mean, they'll get that very often, to be honest, and you know, obviously some of the best coaches in the world. So that's uh, on, a, on a personal note, that's going to be um, going to be exciting as well. You've obviously worked with Burns at some, you know, very, very big golfing events, majors, etc. Are you able to give us more of an insight in in terms of what, how you might be supporting him next week? I suppose it's a bit of an unknown for yourself. Um, But are you going to be able to watch him? I mean, how will you be watching him? Will you be following him around the course? Will you watch on TV? I'll be watching it live on the course. So, like I said, it depends. It really depends on, um, you know, what what sessions he gets called up to play. You know, and I don't think and you know, we've already talked about a, a few things that we want to we want to try and get out of the practice sessions, but you know, or the, like the on-course practice session, not the uh, the actual practice facility or, or whatnot. And um, again, based on on him and and what he's kind of fed back to me. But again, we have to be adaptable to that. I, I don't know, to be honest. I think it's like looking at it and finding the windows to kind of do that in a practice session based on what the team requirements and what, what Podrig actually says, this is what we want to get out of this session. You know, like I said, I'm there to support Bernd and support, you know, the team as a fan. Um, and yeah. And like I said, just be there to, you know, to help in kind of any way possible really. And obviously, obviously Bernd and help him, help him get as ready as he can to to go when he gets called up to play, he's ready to play. And what happens if his game's off, say in a session, does he, does he come to you? Do you go to him and do you go, is there an opportunity to go away and work on certain areas or? Yeah, I don't know, to be honest. <laughs> I think, I think there, there might be a few windows, but I, I, again, I don't know, you know, if they're playing, let's say he does, you know, he's obviously playing well and, you know, if he if he starts well and whatnot and gets called up, you know, plays two sessions first day, hypothetically speaking, I don't think there's going to be any any room for doing anything. You know, you just have to be ready to to get after it for uh, for as many holes as you possibly can with a very short turnaround in between. But then again, if he plays one session, uh, yeah, I don't know. You know, it depends if it's the morning or the afternoon session. We just have to wait and see. But but really, it's just looking at him, um, knowing him, understanding how he, just getting the feeling from him of how he is and whatnot, and just trying to coax him towards his his best self, to be honest. And, and yeah, just to try and get him to enjoy it and, appre- and appreciate it and be grateful that, you know, all the work that he's put in to kind of get to this point has, has kind of paid off, you know. You mentioned that he's, he's been in, he's in good form. Uh, what, what, what has been the, secrets to his success then in, in making um, this European team, do you think? Um, well, I think one of the big ones was like when we went to the PGA um, at Kiowa, um, yeah, it was funny because that, like day two, like there was some really, really positive things come out of day two. He didn't make the cut, um, but we kind of we were staying at a friend's house over there, and we just kind of hung around and we, you know, chatted about a few things with with Jamie as his caddy as well. And um, and it was quite demanding over there. It was quite windy, quite a longish golf course. And then 
comes back the week after to Denmark and where he's won there before and just dominates the event. Um, and again, the course would have, been, would have been a little bit easier. The winning score was, was much lower. Um, so just getting that other win under his belt. And then, to be honest, under the last, like we spoke before, um, really the last three events, and it's just like we have a math, had a Matthew McConaughey um, clip that I, should, that I showed him about just don't half-ass it, basically. Just, just all in, everything in be vulnerable that that could end up not where you want it to be. And yeah, he kind of went and did it. He got in the mood. The, the, everything was kind of clear. Almost, almost one in, in Switzerland. Um, and from there, it kind of obviously put him into a, you know, he needed a bit, you know, he needed one big, big win or one big tournament in the last three to kind of get, get that much closer to kind of bypassing Rory. And he got that in his first one. Um, and yeah, he was just, he's just very, very determined. So when he, when he gets in that kind of mood, he's you know, very, very focused on what he's doing and, and, you know, driven towards that goal, to be honest. But you've got to put yourself on the line, you know? I mean, that's, and that's not, you know, it's not an easy thing to do, um, being in that arena, putting everything on the line, knowing that there's a potential that you could fail. And, what sort of qualities do you think he's going to bring to Harrington's team? I think he's going to bring, um, obviously he's won eight times on the European tour. So he kind of, you know, he's playing, he's played, he's been in the top 50 in the world, you know, for quite a long time, you know, here and there. So he, he knows all the players that he's going to be playing against and, and so on and so forth. He's just a really good competitor, you know, and I think that, like I said, it's for me his strengths is is iron players and the best iron players in in the world. Very very good chipper around from around the greens. A huge amounts of variety in what he can do with uh, with the golf ball. Um, so it's just how how Padre goes about it with how he does his selection. You know whether he does it on personal you know personal connections or statistical matching. Uh, I, I don't I don't know what that is. So. And what about Europe, Europe's chances then, then Stuart? Um, I mean, you're looking at the, the two teams on paper, you know, two very strong teams. Um, I mean, how, how do you think it would go? Do you think, do you think Europe have got a strong enough team to, to retain the Ryder Cup next week? Yeah, I think they have. I mean, I think it's with any team, isn't it? Like they've all got quality players in there and it's, you know, it's, it's the ones that kind of show up, isn't it? And, and uh, you know, that's the great thing about the Ryder Cup. It's, you know, you're just playing for the pride, aren't you? And it's, it's you know, absolutely top-end competitive match play, which people don't play that, that often. So it's, you know, that's going to be fun. I think they've got a, a very, very strong team. And, yeah, I'm just itching to kind of get over there now and, and see it, experience it, you know, let Bint get kind of going with, with what he needs to do. And, and uh, yeah, hopefully they can bring the cup home. But, again, you know, things... Things in in performance, you know, they have to go right, and um, and I know how Podrick has been as a player. You know how detailed he is with a number of things. I don't, I think that's potentially how he'll be as a captain as well, and no stone unturned, and and everybody kind of relaxed and just ready to compete. But I think they, yeah, I think they could bring it bring it home again. I just they just have that for me that whole. Um, 
there's, there's that European connection and, and whatnot to where everybody's kind of fighting for one another. So that's going to be good. And just back to you, lastly, um, I was reading a, I was reading a piece in, I think, a local paper in Wales, um, where you, you were sort of saying that um, you'd always wanted to be a coach at a Ryder Cup. Um, I mean, just try and sum up what, what next week me, will mean to, to you as a coach. You think you touched on it earlier, but... Um... Yeah, you know, it's a, you know, it's my... Today, I've been, like, reflecting quite a lot on that because my grandfather, who he passed away when I was young, and he's the one who got me started in golf. And then my kind of grand took over. My mum, my dad, you know, never played. Nobody else in the family um, played. And, you know, this time last year, I was at the US Open. Now I'm getting ready to go, you know, to the Ryder Cup and... Um, you know, I think that for any young pro that is, is, you know, you have a dream and you kind of want to do it and you have goals, you just find a way of doing it. You know, don't, don't let anybody tell you that you can't and whatnot. I'm from a small town in mid Wales of 7,000 people in. And I always remember my careers advisor telling me, oh, no, you know, you're not going to do anything in golf and stuff like that. And I'm just a bit more stubborn and thought, you know what, let's, let's kind of see. And here, here we are on the verge of going to a Ryder Cup coaching. So, yeah, that's that's all I can say. Fantastic. Well, Stuart, thanks so much for your time and um, Pleasure. Hope, it, you know, hope it all goes well next week. I'm sure it's going to be a fantastic experience for you. So, uh, yeah, all the best. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe on your preferred platform so that you never miss an episode. If you have any suggestions for improvements, topics or guests, please email pga live at pga.org.uk.